0: This is The Social Geek Radio Network. and welcome to Social Geek Rockstars. I'm Jack Munson your host and marketing guru Celia. AI and ChatGPT for franchises. It was the most talked about session at IFA 2023 and today Rockstar panelists Robert Mitchell of Ultra Pool Care Squad, Patty Rother of The Now Massage and Dan Monahan of Clear Summit Group regroup to share more thoughts. All right, today's episode is brought to you by T Source, franchise hire, Hughes. The panel is next after this word from our newest sponsor, Big B Coffee. Big B Coffee started with a single store in Michigan in March of 1995. One year later, on a handshake, Bob Fish and Michael McFaul decided to franchise the concept. Bigby is on a mission to become 100% farm direct, bringing a name, a face, and a place to every cup of coffee served through the One Big Island in Space initiative. Interested in owning your own Bigby coffee? Begin building a life you love with Bigby coffee by visiting bigbyfranchising.com. Joining me now are Robert Mitchell of Ultra Pool Care Squad, Patty Rother of The Now Massage, and Dan Monahan of Clear Summit Group. Thank you once again for coming back together, team. Um, I think we had a a pretty good time in Vegas at IFA 2023. Dan, I'm going to start with you. What was your take on the turnout for the session that we did (laughs) on AI and ChatGPT? What was your
1: take?
2: Well, it was... Pretty crazy, as you know, and we we knew it was going to be a big turnout. We actually told the IFA we should have some pillows for the front row, you know, for floor sitters. We didn't have any floor sitters, but we had a lot of uh, standing room only. I, th- I think we were probably breaking fire codes. Um, people were standing in the in the hallway there, trying to listen in and, and peek in. So it was pretty crazy, um, but the engagement was high. People were uh, were loving it and contributing. It was highly collaborative. We had some
0: great input and and uh, feedback from the audience. So it was everything we wanted it to be. Yeah. I think that was my biggest takeaway was I've done so many sessions either on the panel or sitting in the audience when people are talking about new technologies and people sit in the audience and nod their head and maybe take some notes. And then 10 or 15 minutes in, you just see everybody looking down at their phone. (laughs) Um, But I I did not feel that with, with this one at all. People were wide-eyed and leaning forward in their seats and, and, and coming up to the microphones to ask us questions. And, um, you know, I just, I haven't seen that in a while. So it was, it was very interesting to see. Patty, let's get your take on sort of the, the overall engagement with the session and, and what people were taking away from it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, I was excited to see how much excitement there was around it. Even leading up to it, people were asking me and verifying which room it was in and making sure that they got there early enough. And um, you know, it was incredible to see kind of people in the hallway poking their heads out, trying to get a view. Um, And I think what my take was is a lot of people went out of curiosity and left with their minds completely blown because they didn't realize how little they knew about what was happening in the AI world. Um, I, to your point, Jack, like I saw people taking voracious notes and trying to get it all down. Um, and I've had a lot of follow up afterward, just asking me for help or advice, or you mentioned this thing. Can you, can you help me, you know, walk me through it? Um, and so a lot of people are really excited and actually implementing things, which I love to see.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, that's really the the best part of anything is what people are doing with it afterwards. You know, did people take notes and then go back to their offices and put out fires every day like they normally do? Or are they actually getting involved and jumping into some of the things that the three of you were talking about on the panel? Uh, Robert, you are just prolific on LinkedIn these days, and we'll, we'll get to some of that stuff in just a few minutes. But um, have you noticed... Since that panel, more people engaging with you, you know, as a, sort of a thought leader in the AI space. When it comes to LinkedIn and and people from franchising really having conversations, have you noticed a jump in that activity?
1: 100 um, percent, especially from the the panel. We had I had lots of people reaching out, just like Dan and Patty did. Um, just generic questions, uh, uh, kind of I'm in over my head questions. Am I too late questions? I think really just what tools, what tools, where do I start? And and it's really, um, it's it's. I think it's everybody's in the same space. As Patty mentioned, gosh, last month when we were talking and prepping for the IFAs, like we're so early in this 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 world that you can be an expert in in a month. That you're not too late to the game. So I want to I want to give that as an encouragement to every leader and every soldier and every franchise organization it's not too late start now and you'll be fine <laughs> um, although it is moving faster so if you were in 1988 and you were a slow adopter to the internet eh no big deal but if you are a slow adopter right now to AI it, it will impact you if you don't get on the board get on board now
0: yeah it's really like dog years right in in the past <laughs> it took you know the internet seven years to really catch on with consumers. And it took Facebook or Twitter, three or four years to catch on with the typical users. And now it's like, if you're, if you're four or seven months behind, um, it, it feels like there's no catching up. And that's really what, what I sort of envisioned this podcast to be about, sort of like what our session at IFA was, is, is helping people all catch up. Because I think, you know, there will always be people who are, way out in front of all of us on on checking out new things. But there's a lot of people, the most of the people that we know, who are just trying to figure out what do I need to focus on? What do I actually need in my life? And what is some of this other stuff that we could probably, we could probably put that on the back burner and see if it's really going to be a thing a year from now. But Robert, you're right. A year from now is going to be like seven years from now. One hundred percent.
1: And if if you're familiar with the Moore's law, I think that's like been thrown out. The, the I mean, several people in AI have said that for years that we're way past the doubling of technology uh, in the in the parameters that Moore's law talks about. It's now a whole new law now. But yes, yeah, for
0: that reason. Something else you mentioned, Robert, that that really resonates is the leaders who are in the room that day. Really, the leadership teams and executives from uh, a lot of these franchise systems a lot of times at IFA when we talk about digital marketing things and the latest and greatest stuff you see a lot of um, you see a lot of marketing folks you see a lot of young marketing folks and people who are interested in you know something new and innovative and you don't see a lot of CEOs i saw a lot of CEOs in that room and and this week i spoke with people from two different franchise or organizations both pretty sizable who told me that their CEOs were in the room and she or he in the other case were both now really interested in investing some time and resources in AI because they hadn't really heard about any of this before they were just prompted no pun intended, to go to this session and uh, and learn about it. And, and there was something that one of the three of you said that really sort of sparked some more interest. So I'm, well, I'm really glad uh, some of those folks came.
1: Can I just tell you that is extremely encouraging, given that what I've been hearing about implementation across enterprise organizations and franchising specifically, is you need a two-pronged attack. You can't do it with just the soldiers understanding the technology and being all oh, this is fun. That's that's level one or or one prong. The other prong is getting adoption from the patient leaders. And they don't need to be in the granular. They don't need to be in the weeds. but They do need to understand how this will impact the organization and how not using it will drastically uh, hinder their future proofing. Right. And, and the whole idea is that you? You the, the CEO, C-suite needs to understand from a PL, PL perspective. The soldiers need to understand the implementation aspects, right?
0: Yeah, Dan, you've got uh, a lot of leaders and soldiers in your organization that you work with every day. What's What's the um, the thought and and the level of engagement and excitement by all of these people to get involved at this point?
2: Yeah. So. I think there's a whole spectrum of people that are, you know, early adopters and people that are kind of, you know, maybe a little bit slower on the draw. So I've actually spent, well, you know, the last number of months since November 30th, I've been just continuing to talk about it in every conversation or modeling it where it's applicable, so in strategic planning sessions just pulling up ChatGPT for ideation you know, when we're speaking with coders, talking about how are you integrating APIs into GPT three, um, whether we're talking to account, I mean, what what Microsoft just came out with this week is crazy in terms of the integrations into Office. So I sent the segment of that as it relates to Excel to our CFO just so that she's on the leading edge of just thinking about where this thing's going because it's it's moving fast. So I think it's really important for the leader to to continue to challenge the team for how are you going to implement this at one of our businesses at WSI, the president there, she threw down the gauntlet and said, we're going to have the chat GPT challenge. And within a week, I want everyone to bring your ideas forward in terms of how we can leverage this in the business to improve from our customers perspective, from our franchisees perspective, from our corporate perspective. And and what's interesting, it's not just the ideas that came up, but it's the fact that everyone was forced to use it. And I think that challenge for some of them for was the first time they logged into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: I love that idea of she came up with a challenge for all of them to bring ideas forward, not here's my idea and here's how it's going to work and do it this way. I, I think right. that's that's real leadership. Uh so that's that's awesome to hear. Um, let's talk about. Microsoft and every other player that's making a move this week. Dan, you mentioned Microsoft. Now, they're, I want to make sure I have this right because I think this was just rolled out on about the 16th of this month. They're rolling out AI features into not, not as a separate thing, but into the things that millions of us use every day. I think that might be the most significant part of this.
2: Yeah, I would encourage people to watch Setian Nadella's uh, video launching it. I think it was. Uh, yes, the day before yesterday. Um, and it, it's incredible. I mean, obviously, Microsoft made a big investment into open AI. So they've got, you know, a first mover advantage in some of this stuff, but it really helps you envision the future of work. It helps us understand how this is going to change the efficiency, the effectiveness, the productivity of people. And quite frankly, like there's a whole new skill set to learn to be an effective employee or an effective worker in today's world. Just like the early days, you know, when software like Microsoft Word and Excel came out, it's like if you were in the accounting department and you didn't learn how to use Excel, then you were like way behind. Everyone's got to go through a whole new learning curve to get up to speed on how this can be leveraged. But it's crazy what's possible.
3: Well, and I think what's interesting, I think, Robert, you alluded to this earlier, but but so many companies just in the last week have jumped on this and un- unveiled things that are mind-blowing. So Microsoft was unveiling everything, including Copilot. They they unveiled their new designer platform, which is like a com- competitor to Canva and a co- totally different um, experience for creating presentations and competing with some existing AI tools out there like Tome. Um, and then Google launched their, you know, AI in their whole G Suite. And so competing with Microsoft right now, trying to figure out, you know, is it going to make people start using G Suite? Are people going to go back to Microsoft that may have left for a while because Microsoft was a little behind the curve? It's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. I I posted the video of the launch and um, had also posted about G Suite and just asking people like, does this change where you do business? Does this motivate you one way or another to either like go back to using Outlook and Word and PowerPoint, or do you stay in the G Suite model that I think a lot of people had migrated to um in recent years? So it's it's really been interesting. Chat GPT four launched. Um, it's been a crazy week for AI.
1: I will say Satyam is absolutely brilliant. I mean, talk about, talk about the one of the biggest, smartest decisions ever, investing in open AI. You know the whole purpose. We knew this two months ago. The whole purpose was to get it into his suite, of his ecosystem. And that is going to solidify anybody using Teams and 365 right now. Yeah, I ain't moving. I ain't changing. And those who are used to use it, they're coming back. I guarantee it. I, I honestly, I looked at both the presentations. I, I really, again, Google just, they dropped the ball again. They're not good at, at getting back into a corner. or getting pushed to make a decision. Or make an announcement I think they've been since November they've been constantly being forced to make steps that they weren't ready to do yet and I think that the presentation for Microsoft is just stellar Just a, a stellar way of visualizing how me as each department should the manufacturing you know example great ways to use these tools and I'm like yes this is so cool But going back to that, all these these lovely integrations, whether you love Google or love or love Microsoft, the the key remains, how difficult will it be to retrain everybody? Like everybody's got their workflow and you as a manager, not not C-Suite, but as a manager, you got these employees like, okay, I want want everybody. Like you said, uh, Dan, that somebody has to kind of encourage and require implementation otherwise it won't happen it's it's a learning curve that's where I think the biggest challenge is going to be is getting people to understand and be trained on how to do it because it's it's not common knowledge it's not intuitive to a lot of people mm-hmm. as easy as it is for us to use I think that's going to be where we're going to see um, the biggest change but also the biggest challenge yeah but, it's
0: really interesting that um, you just use the word stellar presentation along with Microsoft Four or five what? years ago, I would be yeah. like, "Who? Who are you talking about? No, that's Apple, right? Yeah. That's that's yeah. Google." That Speaking does of Apple, where it. the
1: heck is Apple? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what is yeah. happening? And they're they're traditionally the one that loves to steal everybody's ideas. I'm an Apple fanboy, so I can say this with confidence. They like to steal everybody's ideas and and do it better later. Yeah. But still, where are they? They're quiet on this whole thing.
3: I was just gonna say, it's been so interesting to see, like the Alexa, the Siri, the Google assistant, even like they completely missed the boat on this. They had decades of a head start, and they are like, they've lost the AI game completely. And Mm. it's been so interesting to see like some of the spaces that could have been heads and tails above and so far ahead with some of this technology have just completely dropped the ball. And some brands that you would never freaking expect to be implementing AI and being so on top of it are coming out of the woodwork. So I think that's been the most interesting. And the thing that gets me thinking about franchise brands is, is the ones that implement this, the ones that actually do the work, the ones that challenge their teams to get in there and start playing around, figure out how to make this so that your teams are more efficient. You can use like their creative brains for the things that truly move the needle for your company and not just paper pushing or doing tasks. Those are the ones that are going to, you know, leap ahead of some of the competitors. And it'll be so interesting to see that play out in the franchising world.
0: Another person who's been very, very quiet, like suspiciously quiet, is a guy named Elon Musk. Where is he? Why is he so quiet? Is he he like sitting back in his lair somewhere, you know, making his plans? Like what is going on that he's not out in front daily just you know, talking about this stuff that, that oh, honestly, I, I think shocking. it's a
1: pride thing. I think he was an early investor and I think he's like tech on it. Why do I get out of that? You know, <laughs> I think, I think he might be kicking himself a little bit, honestly.
0: Hughes powers, the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Reach out and find out how Hughes can become your networking partner. Call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427 or visit Hughes.com slash franchise. Too many projects, short on staff, unhappy franchisees, and information security concerns. These are just a few of the areas where T-Source can assist your brand. Technology should be an asset to help you build your franchise brand and attract more franchisees, not a burden weighing you down on IT fires and outdated systems. Check out T-Source Tailored IT Solutions as your trusted strategic IT partner. T-Source can increase efficiencies, improve your customers' and franchisees' experiences, and modernize an aging IT infrastructure. Choose from fully managed IT services or pick and choose your management options, including fractional IT resources. Let T-Source handle your IT challenges so you can work on growing your franchise. Schedule a call today at tsourceit.com slash franchises. <laughs> What else has happened in the past 3 weeks since we were all together? Patty, you mentioned GPT-4. Um I would assume all 3 of you have have played around with that, so let's 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 talk about our experiences there so far. Dan, anything uh, uh shocking you or really interesting about GPT-4 so far?
2: So, um one of the most important elements of it is that it expands the number of characters in, uh, in both your prompts and in, you know, the outputs that come from that. So, um, you know, some of the use cases we talked about at the convention presentation, like for example, doing a book summary, you know, just doing a prompt saying, give me a book summary of good to great, you know, chapter by chapter, you're going to get a longer summary now than you would have before. You're going to get more detail, you have the ability to train it with more input data, right? So it can actually now, uh, you can upload, you know, white papers and things like that. And it can, the level of analysis that it can do is pretty amazing. I think uh, an interesting data point was that it went from receiving uh, 10% on the uniform bar exam to 90%. So like so, so it's it's just crushing it on all these college entrance exams and and you know uh, certification exams. But when you can go from 10% to 90%, I think it's really interesting to look at that trajectory. I, I think one of the things I found really interesting is the number of AI experts, the people that are the closest to this that have actually missed the, the boat in terms of how soon this stuff was going to happen. And by the way, that's very common. If you listen to what Ray Kurzweil says, and he talks about exponential learning curves on things, often it's the people that are closest to the industry or the technology that miss it because they look at things in a linear way instead of exponential. Mm. And so you got to be really careful when you hear an AI expert who says this won't happen because they're all being uh, proven wrong very quickly. So look at the trajectory and it's it's explosive.
0: It's almost like... Um all of the economists who we see on television and read in the newspapers constantly who always get it wrong and you wonder how how can they how can they get it wrong they do this for a living every day but maybe it's the same situation they're they're too close to it and they they don't see the big picture or what you know some outlier is doing that that may come in and and change their world overnight so anybody else have some some gpt4 thoughts
1: i read the paper Well, i shouldn't say read it i I skimmed the paper and i kind of looked at some of the different things when they announced it and some things jumped out at me that i thought were pretty brilliant specifically what dan said the contextual piece is much bigger i think it um one of the videos i saw said 48 pages like it can basically produce about 48 pages and there's actually a book that was written called the impromptu um uh, that that he was given access to GPT-4 back in August. Oddly enough, it was already trained by then, but whatever. My point is, a lot more output. But what I was really struck by, and everybody knows this, it won't share its data. It won't share its technical data. It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're closing the doors, no more sharing. And that is really disappointing. OpenAI started as a nonprofit, and then they went to profit. And now they're like... Okay, gauntlets being laid everywhere. We're gonna we're gonna shut up. We're not gonna share anything. It's really now it's become competitive, which whatever, that's fine. But since they didn't share it, we don't know exactly how many parameters has been trained on. So some of the, the experts I've been following, they say seven trillion. Seven trillion parameters versus a hundred something billion, right? So it's huge. Second thing that I really thought was interesting, this is really cool. I'm a little bit geeking out here, but hindsight neglect. There was, it was a concept of hindsight neglect, so what would happen when they, when they were training these language models with more and more data. It would get worse and worse on this one pr- thing, this one test called, and, and it was, the term was hindsight neglect. Basically, it would ask a question of, of a person who was going to play a game, he said $900, they're going to play a game, they have a percent, 9% chance of winning $5, and then they're saying, yeah, they're given several scenarios, right? My point in this whole thing was that it learned And it was able to do a better job now. So the graph went down and then GPT-4, which is huge parameters, it spiked up. So it basically surprised all of the engineers, all the they didn't know this was going to happen. It was able to make the right choice about should Michael invest in this particular scenario, given the rate of return and the percent of him getting his money back or whatever. And it was to me, that was a brilliant little thing that happened. Because it showed that we don't know what these models are gonna to up, up to. Then there, of course, there's some scary stuff that I posted on LinkedIn about about, you know, um, yeah, we, we won't go into that stuff, but yeah, other things that are interesting about GPT four, but it's absolutely brilliant and it's so much better than 3.5. Absolutely. Patty, do you agree?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, the the biggest surprise to me was in the past when I was using this for some of the brands that we work with that stay in your lane. You had to prompt it multiple times to really like, here's the brand story. Here's the background on the founder. Here's the background on the leadership team. Here's our voice. Here's our personality. Here's our positioning statements. And then finally prompt it to spit out like, I need a 90 day marketing plan or what have you. Now you literally do that all in a single prompt. And it's mind blowing (laughs) to just be able to drop it all in and get to Dan's point, just a much larger output and better overall, right? Whereas before you might put in a prompt to get like a really generic answer and you'd have to really play with it and, and, you know, really fix your prompt until you got what you needed. I feel like ChatGPT4 has not done that yet. Um, the other thing that nobody's mentioned is it it now integrates images, which is insane. So mm-hmm. you can literally like sketch out on a piece of paper what you want a website to look like and it can be super simple. Like I had my seven-year-old <laughs> draw out, like well, what would be a cool app? And she like drew boxes and banner. And then I labeled a couple things. You can upload that into GPT-4 and it'll literally spit out the code to create said app or website instantly. And then even to the point where I dropped it in to see what it would look like. And it was brilliant and exactly what, you know, we were imagining. So I think that is incredible. I'm interested to see right now, it feels like so many AI tools are very, very specific and there's like thousands of them. I mean, you could go down the rabbit hole and find an AI tool for literally anything at this point. And I'm really excited to see all of that start coming under one umbrella where mm-hmm. I can go to one place and I can create my marketing campaign, but I can also create the imagery for said marketing campaign. I can create the ads and the code and the target audience. All under one space. Um, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see kind of who acquires who and who gets one under what umbrella. Um, you know, there's even a great tool. I don't know if you all have played around with it, but the compare tool um, in OpenAI where you can actually pull up multiple, like the the um, the language models and compare what, you know, what does GPT say versus this versus that and see different results at the same time. So even things like that, it's going to be really interesting to to see the consolidation that's likely coming sooner rather than later to Dan's point. I think it's it's imminent.
0: Yeah, the tools that are being built around this stuff is what I think has me most interested because there will be some app creators, companies that have just come out of nowhere that you didn't that didn't exist 6 months ago let's face it and and they're going to make a fortune and become you know the the next big thing or you know one of the names that that we talk about every day so it will be interesting to see who does that and patty i think you're onto something there that it's it's going to be not just a tool creator but someone who can pull all sorts of things in to be included together because i don't know that most consumers out there are going to be as interested in testing out 75 different tools as maybe the four of us are. Um, so I think whoever can kind of pull that under one, one big platform that could be probably the the one that's going to. My, my only objection
1: to this. that or, or problem. I think I see with that is that I think there's going to be like a hundred of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I feel like there's um, it's like the barrier to that. Cause all they're going to do is API here, API here. Right. And Ooh. then it's, I, just for this week, Palm, uh, which is Google's language model, just opened up their API, which is, you know, I think it actually falls right between 3.5 and 4 as far as their data sets. But they do things better. And then, there, of course, there's Anthropic. So like, so what happened recently, where previously everything was kind of based on OpenAI's language model, but now all these other are opening up their API. So now you're not stuck with one technology you can be, a, you know, of course, the pricing structure competition is going to drive down pricing of these. And it's going to be so interesting. And I think Patty's right. Uh, if you can if you can cream to the top, maybe that's just your ability to market better um, and you can do everything. Um, and, I, and I guess just get back to our industry. If a franchisor can go to one place and be like, look, I don't want to look everywhere. You know, provide me a solution, you know. Um, That's what we're probably hearing ever since uh, IFA is like, I don't want to, this is, this is too much. Where do I go? If we had a solution. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dan, any thoughts on consolidation and and who's going to put this all together and, and, and probably market it best.
2: Yeah. A couple of thoughts. So if, if you look at the way mobile has evolved as an indicator it's kind of counterintuitive because I don't think we would have all thought the ecosystem would evolve how it has in that we have a different app for every different kind of use. There would have been a sense that it would have all come together under one super app, but now we've got an app as a specific function in in many cases. So it may evolve that way. It may evolve in the consolidated way. The one thing that is important though, is that it's going to continue to change continue to evolve and the speed is going to continue to accelerate so it's important, you know, since our session i've spoken to a good number of CEOs who came out of that session. um, Either freaked out or you know charged up but i've heard them, you know say things like this is an arms race and and this fear like if I don't get to it, my competitions going to I spoke to a guy last week who's a CEO of a franchise company they do about a quarter million transactions a month but he said just one function in the business takes about 80 hours a week and he said by applying an AI tool we've now got that down to minutes so when you think about the unit economics for a franchisee or the franchisor's business if we can find the right sweet spots to apply AI, it can really transform things. I mean, we've had hundreds of downloads of, you know, prior to the event, we put together that guidebook and at at franchisegpt.com and you can download it free, but we've had hundreds of downloads to that. But the important thing to understand is that guidebook is going to be out of date in another month. And we've already got the second edition coming with all the updated, you know, GPT-4 and how to Prompt it. So it requires, you know, leaders have to think about how am I going to tap into a flow of information that keeps me on the leading edge of this thing, so I can continue to lead the business where this is going, because the competition is right so that arms race concept is kind of it's not just Microsoft and Google that are throwing down gauntlets, there's gauntlets being thrown down in each of our industries.
0: Yeah, so where do we go next for finding out what, um, what gauntlets we should follow. I, I know I, I pretty much spend my time on this, looking at what a few of my friends, including the three of you are sharing on LinkedIn. That's how I found out about, uh, Patty, that's how I found out about the, the G suite changes. Right. And Robert, I, I pretty much am reading your LinkedIn stream every day, like a newsletter. And I think that's kind of the, the
1: direction you're going
0: with this is you're curating all of the stuff. So I don't have to go out and do that. So, I <laughs> Well, just
1: keep in mind, I don't have any self-serving interests. I'm just, I can't stop talking about it and I can't stop reading about it. And so uh, it's, it's just, a, it's just a mere function of just me regurgitating all this fun stuff I'm learning. So it's just, I, I don't, I, I don't have, I don't have an agenda, but um, I will say it's, it's fun and it's exciting to me. I, I've never been this excited about something in a, in a long time. So but I I think that we're we're continuing to do the same thing we, we we've been talking about since since January is is first things first you got to get knowledgeable of what's out there you got to follow the trends you got to follow the technology you got to see what tools are out there you just got to be knowledgeable of it. not all six hundred or eight hundred or thousand you can't but you start start looking for things that are going to be really interesting to your business model. Second thing I think, and I've heard this from Paul Rocho, which is brilliant. Your existing software solutions, your existing vendors are already doing the same thing. So work with like HubSpot. They just uh, announced uh, ChatHub or whatever it's called. It's a little integration. It's an alpha. You can, if you're I'm already using you know, HubSpot, that's, where, that's the CRM that I use. And there's a way to use that tool to make your workflow better, which is brilliant. You can say how many contacts did I get in the last week that were that have already been contacted or whatever, whatever you want to do. And it can spit it out, makes it much faster for talking to your C-suite or whatever. So work with your vendors and the companies you're already embedded with and see what solutions that they have to offer. So you don't have to go out and do your own thing, much like Microsoft is doing, much like Google is doing. So that's that's one answer right there that it presented to us on a silver platter. So if you're not able to look at the whole landscape of AI tools and figure out one that works best for your company, at least start with the companies you're already working with right? And then make sure your executive team is aware. If if they weren't in that room with us and they they aren't calling Dan and Patty and myself right now, then you need to start introducing this to them. Be the guy and the gal that goes up to the CEO and says, hey, do you know about this thing over here? Have you heard about it? You know, be the smart one in the organization.
0: I love that idea. And especially working with uh, people you already know who are getting involved, um, Patty. I know you're doing some work with some different franchise groups, uh, doing some educational sessions and and things like that. What's um What's a good way to to get your group together and and everyone learn together? Is it doing some in person stuff, or are there um, are there virtual events or videos that you're sharing with your clients to to help? you know, uh, coach up the entire organization?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, the advice I would have is ask for help because there are people in this every day that, that are already ahead of the game that can help, especially when you think about specific use cases, right? Like the finance team is going to use this very differently than the marketing team. And so it's not a one size fits all and your brand has different needs as well. So, you know, the the um, guide that Dan did, the guide that we did. Start following people on LinkedIn and social media that are talking about this all of the time. There's a ton of really great folks that maybe we like drop in the notes or something that we can add as resources. Of you know, if you just want to stay ahead of it or get like a newsletter every week or every day because it's changing so quickly. Um, definitely some resources there. And then yeah, we've started to do some lunch and learns that are just brand specific, um, helping people understand. the the general AI world, but then also talking to their teams and trying to figure out which tool, which AI resource makes the most sense for your team to start implementing. Because I think for me specifically, like it's fun to create copy. It's fun to, to go down like that marketing rabbit hole and do all those things. But for me, every single day, it's really about efficiency And I have been about efficiency for years and years and years. I've typically worked for emerging brands, don't have a massive development team that works under me. And so it has to seem like I'm 10 people when I'm really just one. So I have always used technology and I've always used tools to to set up workflows, drip emails, you name it. Automation has been key in my life for a long time. And so using AI tools for that is really what I'm doing every single day. And you know, one of the tools that I've kept an eye on for a long time is Adept. They just raised another like $350 million um, for their tool. And it's not a language model. It's not anything like that. It's basically like scanning the internet to figure out how humans use computers and setting it up. So like one prompt will set out a series of events. Um, So for me in the sales world, right? Like if I could say, here's a new lead, I just spoke to them, they're qualified and it could just boom, 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 boom do all the things that I need it to do, including like put the follow-up call on my calendar for, you know, it's going to automatically send the FDD when it sees the application come back. So much automation. That's the stuff that I'm really interested in um, and digging into now. Just how do I make it seem like I'm 10 people instead of just one? And then how does that use case translate to other franchisors?
0: And I think that competitive nature of how do I apply this to in, in my case, sales, but also you know finance and other areas. I think that's where um, we're starting to get more attention from people who maybe at first looked at this as, oh, it's a nice way to write press releases, right? Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to write you know blogs or something like that or, If I see one more poem on LinkedIn that someone wrote using chat GPT, I'm going to, I'm going to unfollow them, but, you know, (laughs) but actually doing something that's going to help your sales effort, you know, that's. That's what people are looking for. So I, I I love the fact that you're going down that road, and and thank you for um, for being another place that I I look forward to on LinkedIn to find out what's what's new. Dan, we'll wrap it up with you. Where are we going, and what can people do to to sort of get their organization moving forward in a positive direction here?
2: So uh, I think as we said uh, in Vegas, the um, you know, a year from now, ChatGPT is going to be a non-issue, right? It's what, it's the speed of growth. And so we can look at where where is that going to take us? And, you know, there's a lot going on, for example, um, with uh, with text-to-speech and speech-to-text, right? So whether you look at whisper.ai, which is a um, an open AI platform, or you look at 11 Labs, which does the inverse, there's going to be a lot more human... Uh, integration in terms of how we use AI. So speaking to our device, our device speaking to us, you know, as as I mentioned there, real-time video rendering is starting to happen. So we're going to see real t- real coaches, you know, doctors, psychologists, you know, Ph formerly PhD people that we go to are now going to become, you know, coaches to us and mentors to us, but it's really driven by AI and it's going to become much more human. Um, you know, it's interesting, I was saying to my wife, I, I did a uh, a keynote uh, three or four years ago in Vegas uh, for a digital marketing conference and I had this close of my presentation which was I love the close because it kind of got me really emotional too because I talked about how it was the t- at the end of Les Mis uh, that there's there's a really powerful ending to that where it really speaks to the power of redemption and so what I said in my my essence. Is, of my presentation at the end was to reassure these marketers, I said, you know, AI will do many things for us, but the human element is going to be storytelling because AI will never be able to capture the essence of redemption, right? I actually have to pull that close out of any presentation I do because it's not true anymore. Like some of the storytelling and the depth of understanding the human condition that's being integrated into this this AI content is incredible. Mm -hmm. So it is moving way faster than even the experts think it would or could.
0: Before we go, a quick word from Franchise Hire. Franchise Hire is a boutique recruiting and executive search firm on a mission to make recruiting obtainable For all franchisors and demystify the complexities of working with a recruiter. They offer simple fee structures, flexible payment schedules, and a guarantee period the client chooses. Franchise Hire specializes in crafting customized and creative approaches to share the brand story and secure talent that provides exponential value year after year. Learn more at FranchiseHire.com. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.
3: With the Lucky slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.